welcome and a special welcome to my friend Bids. Um, Bids, great to have you with us. Bids, first of all, tell us, uh, first of all, Bids, what, what, what's Bids about? What's, 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 what, what's, why do they call you Bids? Crikey, that's a big question. Um, I think because everyone at school struggled with my surname because it was uh, such a long name. So, Little uh, company is, yeah, yeah. Most um, 14, 15 year olds do, they just shortened it. So uh, ever since I was about that age, I've been called Bids. And it's kind of stuck really. And as every other Christian guy I've ever met has been called Andy, um, hence- It's a popular name, what can I say? <laughs> hence Andy Mason. Um, I kind of liked it and I've kind of run with bids ever since really. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I go, you know, I answer to most things, Andy, Andrew, dad, sir, bids, anything really. But yeah, I prefer bids just cause it's a bit unusual and unique, a bit like me, hopefully. <laughs> so tell us a bit about yourself. <laughs> yeah. About me, crikey. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, I'm a Christian, uh, which is largely why I I'm assume I'm on this video. Yeah. Um, well, that uh, and your stylish shirt. <laughs> well, I thought I'd go... Well, it's not all your elegance. <laughs> I knew you'd go dark, so I thought I'd go bright. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm uh, 26. Uh, <laughs> and um, uh, I've got four children. I've got uh, three grandchildren and another one on the way. I work as a lawyer for Bath and North East Somerset Council. Um, I lead uh, with some friends, uh, the Wildfire Group that's been in existence for about 12 years. Uh, we're just about to change it into an academy uh, so that we can help equip and uh, teach people on how to live in intimate relationship with Father God and Jesus, how to live from a, a place of maturity with them, and um, how to do healing, how to do prophecy, how to hear from God effectively, how to be radical disciples rather than just go through the motions, which um, is, is not what we were called to do, is it? It's not what we were born to do. So as a man, I'm passionate about helping people know uh, who they are in God um, and, and the fullness of what they were born to do. Um, um, other than that, I, <laughs> I love running, playing tennis, supporting Arsenal, uh, looking after my grandchildren, uh, hanging out with friends, eating curry, uh, driving in the Cotswolds, walking on the beaches in Cornwall, which I absolutely adore, um, flying abroad to do um, mission trips, which I've done quite a few of with the great Paul Skelton to Poland, Czech Republic, Slovakia, etc. So uh, my life's all this at 26 bits. <laughs> Wait till I get to 27. <laughs> Things will be even more, even more mad. Um, I'll actually find out in 27 what it's like to be committed. Um, 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 that, that sounds amazing, actually, bits. But people might be going, well, what's Wildfire? What's the Wildfire Academy? What's the Wildfire Group? If you're not in Bristol, people probably don't know what that what that is. Do you want to tell us first of all what? wildfire is and then maybe a little bit of a journey of how he got how he got here yeah sure. well I'll, I'll never be a parkinson but those are two those are the two big questions really what is it how did you how did it become yeah sure so uh i mean hopefully there's more to me than just wildfire oh, but definitely definitely yeah wildfire is um a, a a real mission thing that god gave me many years ago so just to um catch you up on it uh I suppose about 12 years ago, I was uh, away on holiday with my children who were quite young at the time. And um, I was 
asleep in my bedroom in this B&B and God woke me in the night and gave me a vision of Moses at the burning bush where Moses was called to go and set uh, God's people free. And Moses uh, was obviously feeling pretty inadequate. He just escaped from, uh, from a pretty tricky situation in Egypt. He was, he was on the run, really, looking after his father-in-law Jethro's sheep. Not the ideal man to be uh, setting people free uh, who'd been in captivity for many generations. And um, so God said to me, uh, sort of like an experience of Moses, I want you to go and help people understand what it is like to live from a place of true identity and authentic relationship with me. And so as he called Moses, he called me. Not quite as grand a calling. But <laughs> yes. um, he said, I want you to help people come to know me in a deeper way. I want you to reach out to those that don't know me at all and give them hope. And um, I want you to start this thing up that's not going to burn out. Um, <laughs> and I was thinking, well, most Christians burn out. So that's a good phrase, God. What do you want me to call it? And he said, wildfire, because a wildfire is pretty indestructible. It doesn't burn out and it impacts everything it touches. And so he said, I'm going to set a fire in your heart, a bit like this burning bush, that's not going to burn out, but that it will impact everyone and everything it touches. So I said, fine, that's great. Go ahead, God. <laughs> Just hope it won't be too painful. So, um, he, he set this fire in my heart pretty much from that moment. And uh, we started meeting a group of us in some houses, uh, eventually ending up at my house. And then we met in Fishbonds in a church there. And now we meet in a, a wonderful uh, place called Resound Church in Downend in sort of North Bristol. Um, and there's about 100 or so people that come on a Friday night. And we do worship, uh, testimony. Uh, we try to um, teach them. Uh, and equip them what it's like to live um, as radical disciples and basically just as Moses did to set people free from living mundane quite ordinary Christian lives where they don't feel that um, they're fit for anything than just filling rotors or <laughs> or being a part of a congregation and church family but don't feel they can actually uh, do what Jesus did uh, and there's a great book by Robbie Dawkins called Doing What Jesus Did and um, I, I read that and I thought, do you know what, a bit like with John Wimber, it's not about just reading the Bible and, and glory, you know, feeling amazed by the stories that Jesus and the apostles, you know, did the works they did. It's about going out there and doing exactly what Jesus did, because we've got the same spirit of God that lives in us. So for me, it was about trying to help people get to that place and, and live a life of fullness. And there's a phrase in... Um, Lord of the Rings, uh, my favorite film, where um, Aragorn, uh, the, the, the king of Gondor, um, is walking around uh, the Shire in Middle-earth as uh, a, a ranger. And uh, the, the, the Lord of the Elves comes to him with this sword and he unsheathes the sword and he gives it to Aragorn. And he said, I want you to lay aside the ranger and become who you were born to be. And from that moment, Aragorn realized that there was far more to him than he realized. And I feel that there's so much more to us than we ever realize. And the enemy, <clears throat> Satan, <laughs> in case you hadn't noticed, um, the thing about Satan is that he's got no power. He's a defeated enemy. The only power he's got is when we come into agreement with his lies. And if he can keep us in a place of believing those lies, we become utterly disempowered and not walking 
in the sense of who we truly are in the eyes of Jesus. And so my desire was to help people see that they were no longer, you know, toothless lions. They were no longer rangers, if you like. They were, um, they were kings. They were born to be kings and queens, sons and daughters. So wildfire has been all about helping people be set free, just like Moses, into that destiny. And then about six months ago, um, I felt God say he wanted us to step up and do more which was to create an academy, which we're just in the process of doing, that was serve anyone far and wide from Bristol and beyond, um, from Zimbabwe to Philadelphia to <laughs> wherever they want to join us from on Zoom. And we want to help them by equipping them to live uh, effectively, which we felt was something we could never fully do uh, on a couple of hours on Friday night at a resound uh, church meeting in the middle of Bristol. So we wanted... Uh, to, to, to be more of a, a, a place where people could journey with others, grow with others, and um, learn to be strong and effective, you know, disciples. So that's what we're now changing into um, in the next couple of months. And we are so excited um, because we hope that it will be a place of unity where not just Christians come, but unbelievers come. Not just people that are in churches come, but people that aren't in churches come. And not just people that... Um, um, are fired up for Jesus, but those who want to be. Um, and we want to reach church leaders and other people who lead organizations and fellowships throughout the city of Bristol and beyond and say to them, how can you help us? How can we help you to sort of work in unity uh, to build the kingdom rather than our own small sort of individual churches? Brilliant and bids that that's that's so cool. Um, I, the, interestingly, I've, I, I'm writing a book at the moment and it's being edited. And that picture of Aragon grasping the sword is one of is, is one of the pictures in there, which is ironic because on Sunday I went to church um, and um, this guy started ripping off one of the chapters in my book. I was like, no, anyone who's going to read the book now is going to think I nicked it off him. So yeah. anyone, anyone who watches the video now will be like, oh. And he nicked that off bids. <laughs> but it's so true. I think, but the thing is about, the, the, about being a, going from a ranger to a king, was you had to actually grasp the sword. You actually had to take hold of it and actually say, this is something I want for me. Rather than it being, I think so often we know the Christian life has all these things at our, at our disposal, but they're often what we don't do is actually grasp it or take hold of it or, or live it out. And the other thing I think is really interesting with, with you guys is that um, it's about, it's actually your primary focus about our Christian identity, who we are in Jesus, who we yeah. are in God. But actually a lot of your outworking is what it means to be in step with the spirit, what it means to, 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 to do the sort of, you know, have intimacy with Father God, but also about um, the signs and wonders and the actual kingdom thing working out in daily everyday life, the healings, the prophetic words, the, that sort of stuff. Is that, sorry, that, that's what, that, there was a question in there somewhere. <laughs> well, it's, you see, that's the Willy Wonka golden ticket, you see. Um, that <laughs> people just eat chocolate bar after chocolate bar, and they think that life is just about uh, going through those motions, as I mentioned. But what I loved about that uh, Willy Wonka film was suddenly there was, there was a guy who, who, who thought, do you know what, there's something beyond uh, what I'm experiencing, what I'm living. And it was an experience that was way beyond his imagination or anything that he could do. He couldn't achieve it on his own. He had to achieve it through Willy Wonka. So it's a bit of a daft example, but no, what, Je what Jesus said was, as I am sent by the Father, so I send you. Mm. 
And what Jesus said that his mission was to destroy the works of the evil one. So what's our calling? Pretty simple, really, to destroy the works of the evil one. And because one of my great passions is um, healing and always has been ever since I was oh, a young guy, I always wanted to see people healed because sickness was something that so upset me, having seen so many people, friends of mine, family members, die of sickness. Um, I, I just thought, if we're, if we're supposed to do what Jesus did, then if we're meant to um, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, as it says in Matthew 10, 8, then why is that not part of the Great Commission that Jesus gives in Matthew, um, at the end of Matthew, in Matthew 28? Why is it not part of the Great Commission? And then I was listening to Bill Johnson a while back and he said, but it is bids. I mean, he didn't say bids, but you know, I picked it up from the talk. <laughs> you, you and Bill Johnson, you like that. <laughs> well, actually I've got a book signed by Bill Johnson uh, called God is Good, uh, which he signed for me on my birthday. So if you want to buy any Bill Johnson book, go and buy uh, God is Good. It's absolutely wonderful and shows you um, how God is good all the time. Um, so anyway, uh, Bill. Yeah, big lesson for church actually is half the problem yeah. is I, I think for me I did it took me a long time to realise that God was good. But God was actually good. Yeah. <laughs> what was it, Adrian Plast said? God is good and He likes you. <laughs> yeah. And I think the trouble is it's about how we come to Jesus. If we come in through fear and we see Father God as a big, um, quite draconian you know, authoritative figure, then we'll never know how good God is. And when so many people struggle with how much their father or mother love them, if they don't recognize that God is good, they'll base the, the personality of, of Father God on, on their own parents. And that's a, a really defective way of looking at God. So Bill was saying, the Great Commission, it's about going into all the nations and make disciples of them and teach them everything I've taught you. And then he said, so everything I've taught you includes everything I said in Matthew 10, 8, which is to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. Now, I'm doing pretty well on healing the sick. Um, I love praying for people and seeing them healed, um, whether it's cancer, arthritis, bad backs, um, headaches. It's, it's an absolute passion of mine to see people healed. So if anybody listening to this video today is um, struggling with sickness, whatever that sickness might be, whether it's mental health, whether it's, uh, it's pain, trauma, um, physical, emotional pain, um, I'd love to pray for you. So if you'd like to get in touch with me directly or through Andy, um, there's an invitation. I, it's not me, it's Jesus. We all know that, except Jesus says, go and do it. So that's what, that's what I do. And I absolutely love seeing Jesus set people free from pain and infirmity, disability, whatever it may be. So if that's you, whatever you're struggling with, I would just absolutely love to pray for you just as Jesus did and, uh, and see, uh, see Jesus make you well. Um, it's just an absolute passion of mine. Um, so obviously I'm bound to mention my spiritual hero at this point, who is Smith Wigglesworth. And um, people might not know who Smith Wigglesworth is, Bids. Do you want to just um, kind of do, I, I know that's hard to believe, but would you just like to just explain just briefly who he is for, for those who maybe haven't come across him? Well, Smith Wigglesworth was, of course, um, the, the man who um, developed the Pentecostal movement and really moved things into the charismatic movement and, and birthed the charismatic movement back in the 1940s, just before he died. And he had the most extraordinary success of following Jesus and living out scripture. 
and um, he he raised, I think it was over 20 people from the dead, had the most incredible um, sort of healing ministry of seeing people throughout all nations uh, become not only saved, but healed. And he was an uneducated uh, plumber from Bradford, um, whose wife taught him to read and write. And uh, he just gave up his plumbing business and decided he was just going to follow Jesus and go wherever the spirit took him all around the world and release the truth of the gospel over people. And he basically only had a couple of messages, which was, you know, Jesus loves you and wants to set you free. So that really resonates with me. Two, uh, he wants that lifelong relationship with you and he wants you free from any sickness that you're struggling with right now, today. And his commitment to that was absolutely extraordinary. Uh, and he saw so many miracles, um, which um, I've not seen to that degree. I think my current success rate in raising the dead is zero, but, <laughs> but I'm working on it. And I seriously have got an absolute passion to do what it says in Matthew 10, 8, to raise the dead. Because um, I've seen too many little children, um, small children and, and, and adults um, die when they're young, die when they've got young families, die when they're in the prime of their life, die when Satan has just ripped life from them and they've struggled so much with, uh, with sickness. I used to work in a hospital for Radio Lollipop in uh, the Children's Hospital in Bristol. And I used to go in and see children there who were dying of cancer. And it broke my heart knowing that they could be healed by Jesus. So my passion is, um, is to see people like you watching this video know that you have the power to heal the sick, raise the dead, and see people set free um, from any sickness that they're struggling with. And that can happen through you just as much as it can happen through Andy and through me. You carry the same power of Jesus. And um, again, if you'd love to talk to me about how do I do that? How does that happen? I don't know. Um, well, I'm just ordinary Andy Bids, but I'd love to share some experiences with you of what I've gone through, what I've seen. They've not all been successes, you know, um, they've been failures, but I've learned through the failures and, and grown through the failures through doing healing on the streets um, and all that we've done at Wildfire. Um, and, and seeing Jesus bring love to people in a remarkable way. And so uh, Wigglesworth um, <laughs> was an extraordinary man. And um, uh, I encourage you to grab a book about Wigglesworth, read about him and be inspired, uh, as I was, uh, by, by this, this giant in the faith who um, still today, long after his death, inspires people uh, to just do what Jesus did. Brilliant. And one of the things I love about Bids is, um, just going to embarrass him now, is the fact that actually, if you're anything like me, I get a bit nervous about the offering to pray for people. I have to do that deep breath and undo it. And Bids seems like utterly fearless. But that, that, that idea, we had, we had a webinar a while back with Andrew Evers talking about it and just saying his thing was just like, just keep on doing it. Just keep on asking if you can pray, asking if you can bless people, kind of bite the bullet, <laughs> offer to pray offer to pray and offer yeah. to pray. that's one of the things that bids is so good at really but but that's something we can all do we, you know we, we can all offer to pray for somebody we can all often offer to to bless somebody and actually that that taking that taking a risk and asking jesus to bless somebody and bring health or blessing or goodness is if you if you're asking blessing you know you're always in line with god's will i mean it might not it might not always work out as we kind of would love to see but actually god always wants to bless 
Can I just ask you a really tough question though, Bits? Because, yeah, um, being, yeah, oh, you, you're saying that one of the tough things is seeing times when people aren't healed. And how, how do you, how do you come to, how does that work with your, with, with your, your heart there? How, how, because again, that's something I, I've struggled with. I believe Jesus can heal and does heal, but sometimes people I'd love to see heal or things I'd love to see healed um, hasn't, hasn't happened. How, yeah. how do you? I think one of the things we could do when we try to pray for people is to believe that because it worked last time in one way, that it's going to work the same way this time. I remember praying for a lady that had cancer. It was an incurable cancer. Um, she came to me with her, her daughter. And um, I felt God say, before you pray for her cancer, I want you to give her a message of hope. Because if she can have a message of hope about her life or her future, and she was a lady in her 80s, so she wasn't, you know, spring chicken. Then, um, then that built her faith to believe that she's going to be healed. So I did with my dear friend, Lawrence, um, a wonderful man. We prayed together for this lady and gave her some words of prophecy for her life. And they resonated with, with her. She said, they really um, remind me of things that other people have said to me. So she was always on board now. She was already on board with believing that God had a future for her. We then prayed for her and to cut a long story short, uh, she felt some stuff going on in her. And um, several weeks later on Christmas, uh, sorry, on New Year's Eve, she rang me to say she'd been to the specialist and the specialist had scanned her body and had said, well, I'm looking at two scans here um, of two entirely different people. Um, there's this scan and there's this scan. And, and in this scan, the woman has got cancer in, in her bowel. And in this one, she hasn't. But the incredible thing is that they're both the same person. They're you. And I don't know what on earth has happened. And she said, well, I could tell you what's happened. Jesus has healed me of terminal cancer. And this consultant surgeon said, well, all I can say to you, he said, is go home and enjoy the rest of, of your life. And um, that was about six years ago. And she still is. But a short time after that, I prayed for a wonderful young lady who had lung problems. And um, I prayed for her. And she also felt a change in her body. She felt a, a difference. She started walking around the cafe that I was praying for her in with, um, without having to carry this oxygen canister in her hands and this face mask over her face to breathe oxygen. And she said, I can breathe. I can breathe. I can, I can breathe without oxygen being delivered to me through this canister. I've not been able to do this for months. And um, she went into hospital to be checked out a few weeks later. And, um, and they, they asked her to stay in for some tests. And a few days after that, she had a relapse and she died. And um, that was so tough, you know. Um, it was tough for me, but massively tougher for her and her husband, obviously. But the huge disappointment and the tendency that you can have to blame God uh, because you go into disappointment, that is, why did that happen? How could you save this woman from her sickness and that one not? Why that one who's 85 and that one who's 25 who wanted a baby, but you let one live, but you let one die? And, um, and it was so painful. And God said, you know, I don't ever kill anyone. I never bring sickness. I only can give people what I've got. 
and I haven't got cancer. So I, I can't give people sickness. That's not me. I'm a good, good father. And I haven't got an answer any more than Bill Johnson or Smith Wigglesworth had answers for why people die. Um, all I can do is be faithful to what God's called us to do, to keep praying. If it doesn't work, I say, come back next week. Come back and see me again. I will never give up praying for you, and God will never give up. Uh, I try to encourage people to believe it's not about them and their lack of faith, because Jesus healed many people who didn't have faith. Um, so the enemy um, can, can deceive us and lie to us, and sometimes we don't always get that breakthrough. But I'll tell you this, I've seen far more people healed than I've seen not healed. And sometimes it's the second time, the fifth time. Sometimes it's the 20th time. I think Heidi Baker prayed for thousands of people to receive sight before one, one person had their sight. And so I'm like Heidi. I'm never going to give up. I'm always going to keep praying. And my success rate isn't as great as Heidi's, but that's my passion to see people not just come to know God, but to walk in, in healing. And um, I don't know why people aren't always healed. I just know one thing, that everyone who came to Jesus was healed and God wants everyone healed. And that's always gonna be my passion when I pray for anyone to receive healing. And I always believe they will. I think there's something about the kingdom of God where the, the kingdom is good. The kingdom is good. And that's, that's, God, that's Jesus's, that's Jesus's um, mission statement. See, the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And, and in heaven, there is no pain, no sickness, no cancer, no any of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Jesus wipes away every tear from our eye. But sadly, it's the already the not yet. We're, yeah. We live in a screwed up broken world, but God is good. God I is said, absolutely. I prayed for a man once and he wasn't healed. And he was a crippled man. And he said, do you know what? He said, you chased me down the street. You, you wouldn't let me go because you told me God loved me. And uh, he said, you know what? I've not been healed, but I've got something more precious for you in a way than my healing. And I said, what was that? I didn't know this man. Um, he was on calipers. He had, had, had metal um, sort of uh, calipers around his legs. And he said that through you doing what you've done, uh, being so persistent with me, and your absolute conviction that Jesus loved me so much. He said, that means more to me than if I was healed. Because I've lived like this for 20 years of my life. But what I've never known is how precious I was to Father God and Jesus. And you've shown me that today. You've told me that today. And that, to me, has given me more of an amazing revelation than if I walked away healed but didn't know that. And that brought me to tears. I was just like, you know crying uh, in the streets of Bath with this man I'd never met before, just knowing that God had brought a healing to him of, of his identity, of his sonship that this man never knew. And I don't know where he is today. I've never met him again. I'd love to have done, but I, I never did. But all I do know that whether he's still walking around sick or not, he knows how precious he is to Father God. And um, I like to think that everyone I pray for, even if they're not healed, they do go away knowing that. Oh, man, that's a that's a great that's a great line to almost end with. Actually, bids that actually by by praying by blessing, people know that we love them and and glimpse something of God's love for them. And actually, that's what it means to be a Christian is that we're we're called. And I think Teresa, um, 
I can't remember where it is. Aval Aval somewhere or other. I can't remember. I can't remember where it is. <laughs> Saint Teresa talks about being the hands and feet of Jesus. And yeah. I think there is something about that. Doing what Jesus did. Yeah. yeah. Have you got a final thought you'd like to like to end with a wise? Although that was probably a pretty good one there. So yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I think. I think my passion is not healing, although that's what I do. And I love prophecy, helping people understand that God can speak to them in the deep places of their heart. He can give them the right thoughts. He can give them the right feelings uh, about every single thing in their life. Nothing is unimportant to God. Um, nothing. He's ready to talk to you about anything you want to talk to him about. Um, but I'll just end with one story of healing, if you like, which goes back to Lord of the Rings, okay, <laughs> which was a really funny one, because I often find when God does healing, um, he brings uh, humor into it, uh, in amongst uh, the pain is always God's mercy and kindness, and in the midst of that is always God's joy, because um, the joy of the Lord is our strength, and boy, do people need strength when they're sick. Um, so there was a woman and she was sat there and she had her wedding ring and her engagement ring around her neck. And the reason she was was because her hands were twisted with arthritis and she couldn't get the rings on her fingers. And um, so a couple of us, um, and that's the important thing to say here. It's not just about one person. It's not about bids. It's about all of us working in team together. There's a joy about uh, working together with other Christians to say, give prophecy, give encouragement, uh, and bring healing. You get such a buzz when you're working with other people, not just on your own. So a few of us prayed for her and she said, wow, I can feel my hands, my fingers going down, shrinking, you know, the pain going. And um, I said, so show them again. And she showed me her, her hands and they, they'd reduced in size and swelling. And they were now almost back to exactly as they were many years before. And she started crying. And she said, I wonder, I wonder if I can get them on my fingers. So she took them off of her chain around her neck and, and put them both. And for the first time in years, she could get her wedding ring and her engagement ring on her hand. And um, God said something to me in that moment. He said, not only do I love you, but I'm also Lord of the Rings. Um, <laughs> Now I've got your rings back on. And, and he said to me, you know, I don't just heal people a little bit. I want to heal them absolutely. And I want to put them back to a place that's even better than they were before. Um, and this woman was restored. It wasn't just a healing in her body. It was a healing in her heart, in her emotions, in her mind, about how she thought about herself, how she thought about God. And as she was healed, she went and told so many other people about how good Jesus was and started praying for other people herself. So she was like playing it forward. And that's the beautiful thing about when Jesus touches us like this uh, through us as Christians, they then can play it forward and touch dozens, hundreds, even thousands of other people. And we may never know what, what happens, but God does. And that's the beautiful thing about Jesus. Um, he helps us not just be better people ourselves, but helps us make other people better as well. That's what that, you know, what's it, those who've been given, what's it, um, yeah, freely receive, freely, freely give that. Yeah. We receive from God, so we have the great opportunity and privilege of giving it out to other people. Yeah. Brilliant, thank you so much, Bids. That's given us loads to think about and really inspiring. And, and so, um, yeah yeah thank you and if people want to get in touch with you um we'll put we'll put some connection details 
um, on the end of the on the end of the video. So, so bless you, Bids, and I think you're going for a walk in in Western Supermare, aren't you? Is that right? Just about to go down there for a walk to clear my head. It's a funny thing about Weston. It's the place that I go where I hear God more than any other place, which I know is slightly crazy, but there's something incredible about Weston. I hear God speak to me more there than anywhere, <laughs> which is bonkers, really. But hey, that's where I'm off to now. But thank you, Andy. It's been a real joy and privilege to uh, share some of my stories with you today. And you can't swim in the sea at Weston, you just go through the motions. <laughs> I got it in there, I got it in there. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> Take care, bless you.